Take your Bibles to Exodus chapter 13, and we're going to jump into one last lesson on the faithfulness of God through the life of Moses. And uh, we're going to take you all the way to the Red Sea, get you through the Red Sea, and rejoice on the other side and show you what God did through this. So my, my goal tonight is to show you how God is faithful to provide. God, no matter where he takes you, he's going to provide. Now, if I was to take you onward uh, from this, we would go to them needing water, and God was faithful to provide. They needed food. God was faithful to provide. The shoes on their feet, God was faithful to provide. Every time they went up to war, God was faithful to provide. God was there every step of the way. God never left them hanging. They never were in need. God always took care of them. You say, that's a great story. No, it's a great character of God. Be reminded of that. Your God doesn't fail. Your God will not let you down. So sometimes we study from these to be able to be reminded of this. So I'm going to give you guys a guarantee as we start with this. You will face complications in life. And a lot of times, I've heard this said to me so many times, where people say, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I think God's just mad at me. Or, you know, car blows up. You know, get flat tire on the way to church. You know, plans get canceled, whatever. I mean, you just we, we get this mindset that God's picking on me because things didn't go your way. Life is filled with difficulties. And so let me give you some setup to this as we get in this. Job chapter 14 and verse 1, man is more born of a woman, is a few days and full of trouble. I'll tell you what, there's not a verse, that verse that I could read on a Sunday morning that half the church isn't saying amen, because it's true. I mean, we're born, and I promise you, born into problems. You're born into addicts. It's just the way that it is, and the Bible talks about that. But the Bible says in Psalm 37, verse 39, but the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is the strength in the time of trouble. So I love the description that he says. He says, man is full of trouble, which is true. This life is full of trouble. Then he brings it to the next level, and he says, in this way, he said, the salvation of the righteous is in the Lord. He is the strength in the time of trouble. So whatever you get to, God says, I will be, I'll be the strength. I'll be your four-wheel drive to get you through that hard time. That's what God is. He's the strength. He's the power to get you through. Psalms 37, verse 39. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. Link that to Psalms 107, verse 6. Then I cried unto the Lord in their trouble. He's the strength in the trouble, but listen how he is this. And he delivered them out of their distress. You're going to have trouble. He's the strength to get you through the trouble. He's the deliverer out of trouble. That's, that's the faithfulness of God. And that's what we have to be assured of as we go through life. So let me remind you guys of where we're at. Moses and the children of Israel have just experienced the greatest victory of their life. God went through in the last plague, struck the um, firstborn of everyone, uh, servant, leader, pharaoh, animals, he struck the firstborn of everyone. God warned them from the very beginning that I'm going to do this. They rebelled. They didn't obey God. The ones that were spared were the ones that obeyed and did the sacrifice that God commanded them to do. They took the blood and put it over the door post. And when God said, when I see the blood, I'll pass by you. And it was symbolic in, in, uh, of what we're experiencing now through the cross and what we have through the salvation of God. It's amazing how God can bring you through a major victory and then bring you right to a major obstacle. And, and that's just part of life of what we do. And then you get to the spot, and you just think, I have absolutely no idea how to fix this. And I love them coming up on the Red Sea, 
Because if you were to go and, and do like an interview of all the people standing around the Red Sea and them standing there, you were to say, hey, give me your thoughts. How do you think you make it through this? There's no way. <laughs> it's just every single one of them. What is your plan to get through this? I have no idea. What, what do you think would be the best approach for Moses to take? He led us here. He's crazy. There's nothing we could possibly do. This just won't work out. It, it wasn't a good day. It wasn't a good situation because no matter how, what angle, you could imagine the guys sitting down and saying, hey guys, let's get upset. Man, God's already done this. What, what are our options? Go around the room, go around the circle, and then come back and be like, we have no options. Oh man, this is all ruined. And they're all upset. And I know Moses had faith, and I know that God displayed all this, but I'll tell you, there's just some spot that you're going to get into. You're just saying, I just, I, I know God's been good. Pastor Tony, I know that God's been good. I know what you say all the time, that God is faithful, but just this time, I just don't know what to do. I don't know how it's all going to work out. Then they get to the Red Sea. That's an obstacle. And then the Bible tells us that Pharaoh wakes up, and he's like, he's still angry. He's, he was never repentive. He's just angry, he's bitter, and he charges after them. So Exodus chapter 13, verse 18, and we're going to just learn some lessons about God's faithfulness through his provision, what he did. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up and harnessed out of the land of Egypt. Now we're going to jump up to Exodus 14, verse 8. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel, and the children of Israel went out to the highland, but the Egyptians pursued after them. All the horses and the chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army, and he overtook the encamping by the sea. So here it is, totally stuck. I've, I've taught this in the past of what to do when you're between a rock and a hard place because they were stuck, don't get me wrong. But now they have this army charging after. And I don't know what the visual, we could only imagine, you know, looking over there and just hearing the roar of the chariots and the horses or maybe them blowing trumpets. I don't know if they could see the dust cloud from a distance and they knew. But whatever it is, they knew that this was coming and it was bad news. It's one thing if they were just coming at you. But you know when they're coming at you and they just want vengeance. You know that the, the Pharaoh's son was killed. You know that every one of them... Ha, are, are upset and angry and just want blood, you know what they're capable of? And, and you can imagine in the back of their mind, they're thinking before we were slaves and we did this, what are they going to do to us now? Are they just going to slaughter us? Are they going to kill us? What is happening in the situation? But sometimes we get into big trouble with family problems or money or jobs. Whether you dig yourself into it or you just come to it in life and you're just thinking, man, I didn't plan on this. But they come to this wall. And I'm saying that you've all been there or some of you are there now. And maybe you could even testify to that. And then when you look around and you're trying to figure out a way out, there's nothing you can do and you just get frustrated. So what do you do when you don't know what to do? So let's just walk through this. When you're at a loss, when you're stuck, when you're stuck between two problems at once, number one, let's just walk through this. Understand where the situation came from. I mean, I'm going to lay it out like this. You've, you need to stop and understand where the situation came from. Because I do this Bible study, and I'm, I'm going to guess 99.9% .9 of the people here and watching online are believers. Most people that are lost, they're not going to tune into this. So it's, it's a matter of you're here. So we need to think like Christians. And I think a lot of times when we get into problems, we don't think like Christians. We talk like Christians when we're at church. And we talk like Christians when we're in Bible fellowships and circles and prayer groups. 
but it's not just talking like Christians and it's living it out. What do we say? God's always in control. God never makes mistakes. So when you get to those spots, you need to, you need to pull out those things and say, listen, God's always in control and God never makes mistakes. So if, if, if this is happening, you have to understand Exodus chapter 13, verse 18, but God led the people. Did you see that? Let me read it again. But God led the people. How did they get there? God led them there. Literally, literally, when you read this, through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, God led them there. Then we get to Exodus 14, verse 1, and the Lord spake unto Moses, speak unto the children of Israel. He's saying in verse 2 of chapter 14, lead them to the sea and camp there. It's literally, he's describing this to them. It's God already knew that they would get stuck there. God already knew that Pharaoh, by the way, it even says that God stirred up Pharaoh and drove him there. None of this was by accident. None of this randomly happened. So I'm going to say, where are you stuck? What situation are you stuck with in your life? Are you a Christian? Who is the steps guided, or the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord? Okay, do you believe that? And all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct thy paths. Who does that? It's God. God, 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 God. So you've got to understand if you're standing at an impossible situation, if you're standing there saying, I lost my job, we're two months behind on the rent, I have no idea where the next check's going to come into, don't ever have it in your mind, God just wants to destroy me. God wants to see me fail. God doesn't lead us to fail. Does God lead us to complication? Yes. And sometimes, a lot of times, intentionally, this complicated situation was intentionally set up by God. It wasn't a mistake. It wasn't that Moses went in the wrong direction. It's not that he made a mistake by any means whatsoever. God already knew what was going to happen. So Exodus chapter 14, verse 3, For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land. This was all part of God's plan. He says, ah, I'm going to leave them there, and they're going to think that they can't go anywhere. It's part of my plan. And the wilderness has shut them up. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he shall follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon his host, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. Can I tell you guys a big, big, major theme of your life? Every aspect of your life is to give God glory. Every aspect of your life is for the glory of God. If you don't understand the glory of God, it's literally so that they see you, and all of a sudden you're reflecting through your attitude, through the situation, through the miracle that he does, that you're pointing back to God. Every, every one of them. Think about how often, the, for all the glory of God, for the glory of God, for the glory of God, how often verses end with that, for the glory of God. It literally means to shine glory, to shine attention, to shine praise upon the Creator. And he even described the glory of God. He says that they may know that I am the God of Israel. That, that, that at the very end of this, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to prove this. This is all part of the plan. Sometimes it's hard to understand the difficulties and think that they're part of God's plan. And I've said this so many times before because they don't make up. They don't make sense in our way of thinking. So things are going in the perfect direction. If you look at God's mind, and the problem is, if we can read Exodus 14, verse 3, 4, go in there, you're like, oh, wow, that's so cool. So God was doing all that. Can I, can I tell you, they couldn't see this? 
<laughs> and right now, if God was going to say, see, this is what I'm doing right now, you'd be like, oh, okay, now I get that. But God doesn't show you the playbook. Do you know why? We walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. And, and if, you, if you don't get that in your life and you're, and you're trying to make it make sense, then you're not walking by faith and your life is going to be miserable because without faith, it's impossible to please God. You cannot please God without faith. Faith is having total confidence that your heavenly father has it all worked out. That is what faith is. So God wanted them to look stuck. Did you get that? God wanted them to look stuck. I'll bring them to the Red Sea, and then Pharaoh's going to think, aha, I've got them. But it's not even the situation. That was, that's not what was true in the situation. So I'm gonna, let me lay out something right now. Maybe the impossible situation, the complicated situation that you're up against right now only looks like you're stuck. But you're not. It only has the appearance of that because that's what God was doing. He was pointing this out to do that so they would trust. Verse 3 again, and Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they have entangled in the land. He's literally like, you know, wringing his hands and thinking, man, I've got them now. I'm going to do this. And it's so cool that Pharaoh was telling the people, I've, I've got them. There's nothing they can do. Let me tell you what Satan will do spiritually speaking. He will mess with your mind and tell you, I've got you. There's nothing you can do. That's why we've got to protect our mind, putting on the helmet of salvation. Okay, I am protected by God. I am saved by God. That's what I wrap my mind around uh, because he was saying all this. And they're, they're here. So we begin to see God's plan to be able to see that nothing is impossible with God. And God proved this through the 10 plagues. He was proving, man, when you think I'm done, I'm not because I've got nine more to go, eight more to go, seven more to go as he's going through this. So what is God doing? It's all for the glory of God. Notice verse four again. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart that they shall follow after them and I will be honored upon Pharaoh. Is that powerful? Every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess to God. It's not just a matter of people going out of this world saying, I don't believe in you. God says, no, you don't understand. I am the author of your life. You will bow to me. God was proving even to this that he was the ultimate authority in their life. And he said, I will be honored by them. That's what he was saying through this. It's a reminder to you and it's a message to the world. Everything that God does in your life is a reminder to you and a message to the world around us. So how did they get through this, okay? One thing I want you guys to understand, God was about to give them a testimony. God is actually going to do a really, really awesome thing through this. And I, I, maybe you get this and you've been taught this before, but I'm going to unveil this as we get through this. Powerful of, that sometimes your very complicated situation ends up being one of the greatest blessings in your life. And you don't even know it yet. You have no idea that it's happening yet. You, don't, you can't see it, but God's going to unveil that to you. So, first thing that you need to do is understand where it came from. God, this was all God. Because we're the children of God and God leads us and guides us and God makes no mistakes. Number two, you've got to learn to keep moving forward. You've got to learn to keep moving forward. I'm not just being uh, cliche with my words when I say that, but let me show you this. In verse 15, And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children that they go forward. Here they are at the Red Sea on one side. Their problem comes to the other. And God says, keep moving forward. 
the idea that God was saying is the direction that I brought you to is the direction you're going to keep going. And it's not so much, and they're probably saying, uh, question, uh, we can't go anywhere. But God was telling them that what you're not going to do is retreat. You're not going to run. You're not going to back down. The direction that you're going is the direction that I'm going to keep going. I'm going to hit you guys hard with some stuff, okay? And I'm just, I'm going to read this again. Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward, even in the midst of it being complicated, okay? So can I just tell you guys some things? Marriage will get hard for everyone. Can I give you some advice? Don't run. Don't retreat. Keep moving forward. I, I, and I know I'm talking to people with all sorts of backgrounds and stuff like that. I'm talking to you in your current situation, okay? So I can't go back and fix it. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about where you're at right now. Keep moving forward. Because spiritually speaking in your mind, you're going to think the only way to fix this is I've got to get out. And God was saying, no, I'm going to get you through. I'm not going to get you out. That's what he was saying. And a lot of times we do that. Even in church situations, I, I, we're going to test. I can't wait. I hope you're here Sunday night for the business meeting because I get to open it up and talk about stuff, and I can't wait. I'm going to talk about 2020. I'm going to talk about how we kept moving forward and what God did through 2020. It's amazing. I'm going to take you guys on a spiritual journey. So cool, so exciting just to brag on God. But the thing that we decided, I just had a staff meeting with all of our staff yesterday sat him down and we talked and we just prayed and thanked God for what he did in 2020. And, and I, we, we met almost exactly to the day of when we met a year ago to say, what are we going to do? And we all decided, just say, we're going to keep moving forward. Pastor Dave was like, I'm going to figure out how to go online with the kids' classes. And we went around the thing. We're going to keep doing this. We're going to start outreach. We're going to get digital with this. Richard's like, I'm going to get the equipment going. Da, 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 what we were doing. We're going to move forward. We're not shutting down. We're not retreating. What can we do with what you say? Well, there was COVID. We were stuck. God's bigger than COVID. And all of a sudden, God began to reach people all over the place in ways that we never thought that we could do. We begin to hear the stories with that. I'm just telling you, if you had something crazy, don't run. Why? You want me to say to you, because you can handle it. I'm going to tell you, don't run. But I'm also going to say, you can't handle it. Because the children of Israel did not split the Red Sea. God did. So I'm going to tell you this, don't run because God can handle it. You're just waiting for God to do something through this. And then people say, but Pastor Tony, there's nothing I can do. It's like, well, then don't do anything. You wait on God to do it. If you've done all that you can and you know this is the direction that God's led you to do, then just follow God. The key to this is to keep your eyes and ears on God and not on the opinions of others. Can I show you? Exodus 14, verse 10. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And they were so afraid, and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt. Listen to the sarcasm here. Okay? Listen to what he says. And they said unto Moses, because there's no graves in Egypt, thou hast taken us out to die in the wilderness. Wherefore hast thou dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word which he did tell us in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. 
Can I remind you, they were slaves, beat, whipped, had no life. They couldn't worship their God. Isn't it amazing how our short-term memory will forget what God has done? And they're sitting there saying, oh, it was better off before. This is what happens a lot of times. We'll cry, get all upset. Like, God, if I just had a better job, I'd be in a better mood and my wife would love me more. You know, it's just, just being honest. And then, then God gives you a better job and gives you another one. And then you go home griping about that one too. Because no matter what God does, you get to the point and you just lose focus of what God does. You can imagine being Moses. Like, are you serious? I'm in this mess just like the rest of you. They're coming after me just like the rest of you. They're mad at me. And this is what you're going to do is just get upset with me. You've got to be really careful who you allow to speak into your life when things get complicated. I am telling you straight up, you better be careful who you listen to. Because people would say like, man, you go to church and you do all that and that's the problems that you're having. I told you, it just people, people just, man, they'll drag you down in a heartbeat. That's why we've got to keep our focus on God. How often do we walk through life and saying, God, help me. This will never work out. God delivers. And then we're like, woohoo, thank you, Jesus. And then a week later, we're like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. And we're, we're right back at the same spot. The crazy thing about this is, is they weren't captured. They, God already let them free. They're literally standing in a situation of the what ifs. If they catch up and if we don't get through and if God doesn't and if, if, if. It's not even the situation. You can imagine if they were all bound by the Egyptians and they're like, I told you, Moses. But that's not even happening. They're complaining about the what ifs. And I think that happens a lot of times when we're watching the news. We're flipping through and they're saying, uh, we're, we're, we're speculating that in the next few months, da, 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 and they get all negative and, you know, and they don't know. Amen. They get paid to get your attention and they'll get your attention by saying whatever they have to, to get you to tune in the next night, whether it's truth or not. Be careful who you listen to. Notice the reaction of Moses in verse 13. And Moses said unto the people, fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which he will show you to this today. And the Egyptians who you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. I'll get to that, which is so powerful in this story. And the Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Man, some major clear instructions here, okay? Can I just lay them out? Can we not skim through this because I know the story of the Red Sea, heard it all my life. That's great. Let's stop and look at these verses for a minute. Can we just pick this apart a little bit? I love this. So fear not. That's awesome. Think about what God is saying. The first thing that I need you to do is just fear not. Do you, do you know, and I know that our minds run with fear in, in, because it runs in every direction when we're thinking all the negatives and things. But the word fear not literally means to not let your mind, your mind run in a direction that it doesn't need to be. And what we do is we begin to do this. And I'm giving, giving you guys some instruction what to do in a situation like this. Stop and say these statements to yourself. And sometimes we have to talk to ourselves. God makes no mistakes. God led me here because I know that I'm following God with what he wants to do. And God will take care of me. And all of a sudden, that peace of God, which goes beyond understanding, will keep and guard your mind and heart. That's what happens. But sometimes you need to sit and talk to yourself like that. Look in the mirror if you have to and say, God's got this. God makes no mistakes. 
and, and it eliminates fear. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love, what is perfect love? It's agape love. What is agape love? It's unstoppable love. You're going to hear that a lot over the next couple weeks. It's an unstoppable love that no matter what you do, where you go, God's love is faithful. God's love is consistent. And this doesn't make sense, but if you can, you can be in the same situation and in, in the circumstance around you not change, but all of a sudden, but when you feel the comfort of God or you put your mind on what God is, and let me illustrate this. This is not my life anymore, so I'm going to give you a flashback. When Morgan was little, okay, and she's almost 15 now, so not the same situation, and we'd have a thunderstorm. I would wait. I knew that she would get out of bed. She would run to my side of the bed. Because Jenny would be like, you're fine, go back to bed, just being honest. But she's my girl, she's my baby girl. And I just, she would come to my side of the bed and she'd be like, Daddy, I'm scared. And who can deny a face like that? So, and I would literally just say, okay. And I'd let her crawl up in there and I'd just put my arms around her. And I knew she was scared because I could literally feel her heart like pounding in that moment. And I would just lay there and she would, within five minutes, she'd fall asleep. And I'm going to ask you guys, what changed? The storm's still happening, thunder and lightning, everything's happening. But she found peace knowing that her father was, she had confidence in her father. All it was is she put her mind saying, if I'm here, I'm okay. If I'm here, I know everything's going to be okay. And it cast out the, like, you know, the shadows and everything. It's just, it's just perfect love cast out all fear. And it puts a calm on you. And people are like, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you freaking out? I, I, don't, I don't know. I just started praying about this and God just told me it's going to be okay. I don't, I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. I just know that's how God works. And, and, that, and that's what, in that same situation, you run to the Father and just say, God, I don't get this. It doesn't make sense. I'm scared to death. God, I, I need you. And that perfect love casts out fear. That's what happens. It brings joy. It's, and, and let me tell you, by the way, as the way of the Father, it, it is very, it feels great to know that they trust you. And, and, and I am a representation in, in a sense of a child to a father, the way that we are to our heavenly father. And God takes great joy in his children running to him with his problems where he wraps his arm around us to take care of us. Just stop and think, God is for me. God cares for me. And God will not fail me. Just keep that in mind. What else did he tell him? He said in that same verse to stand still. Now, this is weird because I just said move forward. Is, is God like being like saying two different things? He's not saying two, th- two different things. So you got to understand what he's saying. The thing before it is when God said move forward, he was still saying, oh, by the way, that where you're taking you is the promised land. I've not changed my mind of where I'm taking you. You're still to move forward. So that's directional. But let me tell you, there's going to be spots in your life that you get to that you just can't do anything. I've had people say, man, I put in applications and I've done this and I wrote a resume and I've gotten all my friends that have jobs and resources and connection and I don't know what to do. What do I need to do, Pastor Tony? Just stand still. When you've done all that you can do, just wait on God. It's all you can do. When you feel stuck, we just... We know this story. We know what God's doing. But it's the amazing thing here that, that they would have missed out. Can I just tell you guys how, how cool? Have you, any of you ever thought how amazing it would be to see the Red Sea split? 
Have any of you thought what it would be to go through the Red Sea? Have, it just, and by the way, for Christians, understand this isn't some mythical made-up story. Amen. This happened the same way that the return of Jesus Christ is going to happen. The rapture is going to happen. That is something that prayerfully we'll experience in our lifetime. And it's not something, and for them as the Red Sea, they'll be like, man, I was there for the Red Sea. And we'll be like, um, I went up in the rapture. You know, it's like, we're going to have our own story to tell. It's all different for all of us, but it's the same thing. It's just God does miraculous things. We'll be able to say, man, I was part of the church. What's so special like that? Man, we were the generation that was able to have the indwelling of the Spirit of God inside of us. It's like, whoa, that's awesome. Man, God works in mysterious ways with us as well. It's amazing what God does through us. You say, why are you saying that? If they would have listened, if Moses would have listened to the children of Israel on that day, he would have said, all right, let's just run. And how often have we run in situations and split out the other way in marriage and family and jobs and you missed out on God moments of God doing miracles. You imagine the group that says, we're out of here, we're running away, and they're off there, and they say, what's going on over there? Man, is that the water split? It's like, man, we could have been part of that. And I, I, I think there's people like churches that will go through difficulties and things, and even right now during COVID, man, we're just plowing through COVID. People are like, man, I'm just scared. I, I, I don't want to have anything to do with it. We, people disappear and all these different things happen. Man, be, trust God, trust God, trust God. Here's the next thing. Wait on God to open the door. Now, you know the door that I'm talking about. But li- it says in verse 16, but lift up thou thy rod and stretch out thy hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on the dry ground through the midst of the sea. It's amazing how when you can't go any further and you just wait and say, how the children of Israel will probably say to Moses saying, how will we know what to do? God was like, you'll know. (laughs) There won't be, how will we know where to go? God was like, don't worry. You'll be very clear. (laughs) You'll know what to go. And then as he split the sea, he was like, ah, you guys know that in life, that's what we're waiting for is the aha moments. And, and God will show you. I, I've had people, so many people come to me and just, man, I just don't know what to do. And say, here's the thing. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives all men liberally. That's what God does. God shows us. Look at verse 21. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a great strong east wind at, at, the, at the night. And he made the dry seed land, and the waters were divided, and the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. And we would just sit there and go, wow. But here's the thing. God opened the door. God made a way, and they did not do it. And I can tell you the times in my life where I kicked open the door. I made a way. Told you guys stories about me buying cars in the past. We just got excited. And it was like, man, this is awesome. We want to do this. And normally in the past, we've made agreements with me and Jenny. It's like, we're not going to rush into anything. We'll go home. We'll pray about it. See what God does. But we were, we were in a big hurry. We got this car. It had these really cool cup holders. So we were all about that. And uh, it, we just fell in love with this car. I got home after buying that car to find it in the paper, the exact car 
cheaper, like $500 cheaper than what I paid for it. I, I, I rushed into it. The exact car, I actually called them up and they said, oh, I'm sorry, it's sold. We had a young couple that just drove it off the lot. I'm like, we were that young couple. They didn't even give us the sale price if they were advertising it in the paper. We paid more than that. And I can tell you the times that the opposite, where I get into a situation, and I'm saying, man, I just want to see what God does. And God just begins to go before you and just make it so clear and so obvious and so transparent of what he wants to do. Don't kick doors open, wait on God. Here's the next thing. Don't lose faith in the midst of the journey. Because you've got to think, what we read about is all part of God's plan. And this is the thing that I said I really want to build up and let you guys see what God was doing through this. But we often get halfway through it and say, now what? You know, it's like, I, I, I did this a while back and I, I regret it. I, I, I'm, I'm embarrassed that I was even like this. Uh, about four years ago, uh, and I know you guys have heard this story. That's the thing that stinks about you guys hearing me all the time. When I'm in front of you, I tell these stories all the time. And I'm not trying to be so repetitious, but some of you might not have heard this. But I, I had it on, I came back from a mission trip. It was heavy in my heart that I wanted to, I, I said, next time I come, I'm coming with my wife and kids. And I start doing the math in my head. I'm like, oh my goodness, there's no way. Man, flying over, but I had a dream. I said, before my kids graduate and everything, I want to do a mission trip with us as a family. That was just like this on my heart. And I came home and I said, Jen, next time I go, I want us all to go as a family. And she said, Wow. I said, I'm telling you, I don't care what it takes or whatever. I really want to do it. So I began to look it up online. And we began to book the trip. And I found tickets online for half the price. It's like, we can do this, okay? We can do this. So then I went to book it. And, and I, I, we were booking for our whole group. And it was a number of families going. And I started clicking on it to get our tickets. And it said, unavailable, unavailable. So I called up the, the airline. And I said, what in the world? And they said, that's an internet price. I said, so I just want that times 14 tickets, internet price. Give it to me. Let's do this thing. They say, you don't understand. It's, in a sense, clickbait. Uh, we only offer so many seats on each flight at that price. But any more than that, you've got to pay full price for it. So the price for our tickets literally dub doubled. So I, I go back to Jenny and I just said, we can't do this. I said, I'm telling you, it's too much now. And Jenny being the spiritual wife that she is, she looked at me and she said, I thought you said that God wanted us to do this. I'm like, uh, yeah, but he didn't know the price. So, uh, so I mean, I'm just, I literally put a pause on it. I just said, well, I, I'm sorry that didn't work out. People came to me and was like, I thought you guys were going to do that as a family. I said, yeah, it just didn't work out. It's too much, too big to handle, whatever. And I just remember being so convicted about that and I just said, you know what? Whatever it happens, we're going to do it. And all of us began to raise money and figure out this and tax refund and what we would have spent on vacation and pull our money together. And, and God began just to do things that were just totally unexpected. Within less time than what we had, we had more money than what we needed. And you say, Tony, how did that work out? Until this day, I still don't even know. All of us in our family were just completely blown away. How did God do this? Let me show you, because when God's at work, he does the work. Remember it said, stand still and I will fight for you. That's what God does. Verse 23, and the Egyptians pursued and went in after them in the midst of the sea and Pharaoh's horses and his chariots and his horsemen. And they came to pass in the morning and watched the Lord looked upon the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire of the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels and they drave them heavily 
And the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea, and the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. Pause. God did this on purpose. God made it look like they were stuck to get them there. And God made it look like they had a chance to get them, to get them inside the middle of the water. It was all a setup. It was a setup because God was going to do something amazing for the children of Israel and they couldn't see it coming. It's hard to understand the mind of God. It's too much for you to understand the mind of God. That's why all you can do is trust in your father when he wraps his arms around you and he whispers in your ear, I've got a plan. I know what I'm doing. Stop squirming. Stop fighting me. Trust me. I need you to trust me. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea and returned to his strength when the morning appeared and the Egyptians fled against it. And the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. And there remained not so much as one of them. So what is the point? Can you imagine the emotional trauma that they went through being captured and slaves? Every one of them walked out of there literally with scars on their back of being whipped. Every one of them. I mean, remember, let's go back, even their children, when their children were being born, we want you to abort their babies, partial birth, partial, partial birth abortions as these babies are being born. They were brutal. They were sick. They were twisted. They, they, they literally didn't care to, to murder their babies of the people they enslaved to build false gods up to, uh, of, of their false gods and, and use them as slaves to do all this. So they go through the wilderness to the promised land doing this the whole time. Is that them? Do you think they'll come for us? Laying in their tents at night saying, did you guys hear something? I know, I promise you, Pharaoh was so mad. I know he's going to come after you. Guys, we have to be careful. This, what, what's going to happen to us? Mom, I don't want to go back. Honey, we're not going to go back. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. But that's not what happened. God pulled them all over to this side of the Red Sea and said, stop and turn around and watch something. And God in his hand said, let me show you the redemption. of. Let me show you the wrath of God. Let me show you the justice of God. Remember? There's love, there's grace, there's mercy, and then there's the justice of God where God makes the wrongs right. And God in that, in, in a sense, in that Red Sea, God just took his hands and wiped them over there and said, I'm going to cover your past to where you can move forward and not have to look over your shoulder for the rest of your life. And sometimes God does that. God will bring you through things just to be able to bring healing to your life and healing to your future in a way you didn't expect. And all of a sudden, they turned around and was able to go forward, not running, not sprinting, not looking over their shoulders. But it said at the end, there remaineth not so much a one of them. What did God do? God provided a way through. God provided a leader. God provided protection. God, God provided a victory. God gave them peace. This, this was all God. And we're going to close this thing out with this. 
At the end of this, we rejoice over the deliverance of God. Verse 29 of chapter 14, But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were wallowing to them on the right hand and the left. And the Lord saved Israel out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And I know that's morbid. I know it's sick. I mean, it was just, it was just the judgment of what happened. But at the same time, God was proven to them in showing the victory of God. God did all of that. They never lifted up a sword. They never did anything. And Israel saw the great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. God reinforced the leadership of Moses. God reinforced that he was a God that provided. And sometimes you're sitting there in the midst of that. Your heart's racing. You're sweating. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Even tears at night. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how we're going to pay. Man, it's uncomfortable going through it. But then you get to a spot where you look back, tears in your eyes saying, man, why did I ever doubt you, God? Why did, God, I, you, were, you were faithful. You were good. You were always there, God. And I tell you, this, is what, this was the response of this, and this should be the response of us. I was talking about Sunday, and part of our process of making disciples, and part of what we do is Sunday morning worship. And what do we do? We obey God with what He's called us to do as congregation. We preach the Word of God to bring conviction and change and encouragement and edification of the saints. But at the same time, we gather together to worship. Let me show you what they did in Exodus 15, verse 1. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord. Do you know what we do when we respond to the deliverance and the faithfulness of God? We worship God for who He is. I promise you on this shoreline was probably one of the greatest worship experiences in, in history. It's tears in their eyes of just thanking God and tears in their eyes and lifting up praise to God and chanting and shouting and praising. You know all the stuff that we talked about. Shout unto the Lord, praise His name Sing, sing loud unto the Lord. All these, he, they, nobody had to say, Moses didn't have to get up on that day. Let's sing it all louder on this next day. He didn't have to do that. From their heart, they were just responding to the greatness of God. That's what rejoicing is. It's responding to that. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. Now, we're not singing about God bringing down the army of the Egyptians, man, we sing about the cross and the resurrection and overcoming sin in our past and all these things. The Lord is my strength and my song. He's become my salvation. He is my God. Do you know why that's so awesome? Can I flash back just a minute? As Elohim, they have known me, but as Lord God, they've not known me. They didn't know him as the personal God, but God told Moses when he failed the first time and he came back and he said, man, you don't understand what I'm doing. I'm proving something. I'm going to be the God to them that they didn't know me. I'm going to be the God to them that I was the creator, Jehovah God in, in the beginning of Genesis, that I will be hands-on, walk with them, be with them, provide for them, be faithful to them, God, through all of this. You know what they're ex explaining? For the Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. L-O-R-D, Jehovah. It was the plan from the very beginning. God leads them to the promised land. God provides everything along the way. And you know what the thing that they learned through all of that? God is faithful. We serve a faithful God. 
He's faithful in our doubts. He's faithful in our problems. He's faithful to provide. He's faithful to raise us up. Whatever God says he's going to do, I promise you all the way through with no doubts, God will take care of it. 